0: I've titled this, What Does It Mean to Live Free? No one wants you to live free more than your Heavenly Father. So, Father, help us to connect with your very heart that we might feel your grace and presence drawing us close to your heart as we talk about these things in Jesus' name. Do you remember what freedom looked like when you were 16? And uh, those of us who are a bit older than 16, we're kind of laughing. If, you're, if you are 16, I'm, I apologize. Yeah. But we've all chased things that we thought would be freedom. Graduation, the right job, succeeding as an athlete, succeeding as a, as a, as a, a musician, having a child, There's an old saying, though, that I find really interesting because I even heard it the other night in a secular movie. And it is this, that we spend our lives trying to get there, and then when we get there, there is no there. I heard that in a movie this week. (laughs) Exactly. God designed us for freedom. Every part of your mind, your body, your spirit, your relationships, it really hinges on living in the freedom that Christ has come to bring. And we'll be unpacking that. When we're not living in his freedom, it's the darndest thing. Nothing works the way it's supposed to. And <laughs> yeah. And so he sent his son. To do four things for us, to model freedom so we would know what it really is, and then to pay for it so that we could really have it and share it, and then to introduce us to it. That's called being born again. And then where we are today is enabling you to live in freedom every day, every day. That's where we are today. So I would clearly say that I'm a freedom addict. And, and, and why is that? How is that? And it's because I'm his student. I'm a student of Jesus Christ. And every disciple, every follower of Christ, we are learners. And so we're learning even more today. Uh, one of the things about being a freedom addict is that man when you lose it, when you lose that peace, when you sense, uh-oh, <laughs> you want to stop and do something. And that's what Paul has to say to to us today as we'll turn to Galatians in one moment. So here's my here's my question is would you be interested in living in freedom every day? So I'm trying to recruit you in to not just listen but thus Let's let's get this. So in Galatians 5, 1, Paul says, It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. And then the therefore keeps standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. See, Paul is writing of people really a lot like us today. People who've tasted the freedom of Christ. But maybe some of these Galatians are maybe not living so much in it 24-7. And Paul, that's what Paul's heart, just like my heart today. So what freedom are we talking about? Freedom from sin. The angel said to Joseph, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And not just in our sins, he does save us in our sins, but then he starts a process of saving us from, from that stuff. And the interesting thing is the things that make life messy, not work well, the Bible calls sin, (laughs) which we're going to go get specifics here in just a minute. So, you and I have tasted the freedom, the joy of being set free from guilt, from shame, tasting his love. But Jesus is so serious about setting you, me, free from my sins. I mean, actually setting me free. I, I think, well, he is, he's, more free, he's more serious about that than I, than I am. So Paul, uh, Galatians 3 1, Paul says, uh, of a verse I know so well. I've often put my own name in it. Paul says, O foolish Galatians, (laughs) O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus was publicly. Portrayed as crucified, having begun in the, in the spirit. Are you think you're going to make any progress in the flesh, in your own strength? Many times I've cried out, oh, Father, foolish Jerry, because he wants us to live in this precious freedom. So a verse that I love a lot, use a lot, Taste and see that the Lord is good. And not just know about the Lord is good, but taste it. Taste it. Experience his freedom. Then you want to live in it. So what is his freedom? What is his goodness? What does it taste like? And so I remember the night that Nan and I came to Father through Jesus We'd already been married for three years. And a lot of things happened that night. But I remember so well the experience of his safety. It's like, he's got me. The one who's in charge of the whole world, he's got me. And that's 54 years ago. And that's still imprinted on me. I'm safe. He's got me his peace, his joy. And somebody would say, well, I mean, other people have joy and peace and safety, yeah, people who don't know Christ, sure. But it's all circumstantial. In other words, everything has to be going just right to have peace and joy and safety. But then Jesus says, listen, I give you my joy, that your joy would be full is coming from him. I give you my peace. And that's, that's a whole nother quality that's not built on circumstances, but it is built on relationship. So what would it be like to taste his peace and his joy and his freedom every day? Let's get, let's get down into the, the cracks of life. All freedom is freedom from something and freedom to something. So I'm going to take you through some common life experiences. And we could blow this list up many times. Freedom from, for example, anxieties. (laughs) To peace. To trust. Jesus wants to bring you a freedom from anxiety. From anger. from anger to peace. And we're gonna talk about how do you make this transition in just a moment. But that's the reason I think we don't always stay in freedom is that we're not really cognizant of these pieces of life where I need that right now. From fear to faith, from frustration to peace. Oh man, this is powerful. From resentment. To rest. (laughs) Yes. Um, From impatience to humility. That one really speaks a lot to me because I'm not naturally given as a patient person. Um, And so father has taught me, he says, listen, Jerry, every time you feel impatient, I want you to humble yourself under the circumstances. And that has become so real. So practical. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm living in that. From control, from trying to control people, life, situations. Oh, that's a big one. To submission, to trust, to faith. From sexual lust to cleanness. Oh, how light in your spirit (laughs) to feel I'm I'm clean. It's such. It's delicious. From unforgiveness to love. I've lived that out. I am living that out. To love. To forgive and then to love. From stubbornness to surrender. (laughs) From drivenness to rest. I'm working with a certain leader whose wife, precious lady, I mean, so talented, such a great lady. But working 80 hours a week to try to be everybody, everything for everybody. And I was at a meal with them. And I said, this, this lady, precious lady, is, she's being driven. No, no, no. I want to bring you into rest. God can accomplish more with us when we are at rest in him. Believe it or not. Complaining, from complaining to gratitude. From guilt to peace, from shame to approval, from confusion to to, to clarity, from torment—some people really know exactly what that is—to peace. From irritation again to humility, from lies, <laughs> Satan is a liar, and, and and we find that we accumulate things that we don't really, not that aware of, lies. And the spirit of God is called the spirit of truth, bringing us into freedom. From self-absorption to caring about others, to love. From revenge, (laughs) to love. From disappointment, to surrender. From grief, to comfort. In other words, God's wanting to meet us in every situation that we're experiencing in life from depression to joy, from arrogance to humility. Oh, so powerful, so powerful. From greed to generosity, from envy to contentment, from having to win, from having to be right. Oh, what a freedom that is, to love. From bad habits to change, from condemnation to approval, from discouragement to hope, from addictions to freedom, from self-pity to humility. Now, look at the right column. Look at all the twos. God is saying, listen, I want to give you trust and rest and peace and faith and, and, and more peace and rest and humility and submission and cleanness and love and, 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 and surrender and rest and gratitude and peace. And it re- repeats itself. Freedom. For, for this freedom, Christ has set us free. So I hope you're asking now, well, does this really work? Are you serious, Jerry? And, and I say, absolutely. But the first thing I would say is you really need to pay attention to what's going on. I, I have a little uh, exercise I give people I work with called processing your emotions. So here, here's an example. <clears throat> Let's say Bob has betrayed me and hurt me deeply, and now I'm burning up with indignation and anger and and he doesn't get it at all (laughs) how am i to go free i use first john 1 1 7 if we if it like i apply it to myself if jerry if you're walking in the light as he's in the light he says then i can have koinonia i can have real fellowship with this man who has become an enemy He may not love me back. He may not be free, but I can be free. The only person who can block my freedom is me. I can can be free. I, I I can forgive and love and care about this man where he is. And then the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all my sin. I can live in that freedom. And I've had that experience so many times. Here's the thing. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Do you keep a record? Well, I remember this. I remember that. When he, she, said, did. No, love just, I love this verse. (laughs) It's so free. No, love keeps no record of wrongs. Um, In Hebrews 4, another one of my favorites, it says that the people that God loves, he corrects. So you never have to be afraid. He's never going to condemn you. The people he loves, he shines a light. He shows me a bad attitude, a bad word. <laughs> and, and that's a lifestyle. C.S. Lewis said in his Mere Christianity, and it's not an exact quote, but it's the idea. And it's, it's, it's basically, um, you can't do it. It's got to be Christ. In you. <laughs> and so one of the things I've learned is I never try to fix myself. I'm driving down the road and I'm so maybe frustrated and I used to sometimes, you know, in my own car, you idiot. And God really told me that that was, that was not in his game plan. <laughs> That's not freedom. <laughs> so, but I don't try to fix myself. I immediately say, Oh, you're right. So I'm paying attention to what's going on. That's a critical part of living in freedom. I need to switch gears from relying on myself to relying on Christ. He is my freedom. And then the scripture says, I I am the vine, you're the branch. He who abides in me and I abide in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now stop right there. If I could help the church, people who love God, say, people who go into heaven, who know for sure that they love Him. But when we rely on ourselves to improve ourselves, I'm trying to do that apart from Christ, and it doesn't work. So, part of freedom is not trying to fix yourself, but really paying attention bringing Jesus into it right in, the, right in the moment. You see, we're on a journey, and we're learning. We're learning to live in freedom. And that's why Paul says, for freedom, he set you free, but keep standing firm in the freedom. Live into it. Otherwise, we're going to experience some slavery, some bondage, some entanglement. So the way you do that, let's say you suddenly become aware that you're not in a good space. Stop. Stop right there. That's, that's one of the most crucial things about coming into freedom. Freedom. I realize I'm not free. Don't go into self-pity. Don't go into condemnation. Um, stop and invite Jesus into what you're feeling. Invite Jesus into what you are experiencing. One of the verses that I use a great, great deal out of 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. Paul's, uh, Jesus, Jesus actually appears to Paul In a very hard spot. And he says, my grace is sufficient for you. What's the grace? It's the help that we don't deserve, can't generate, but freely comes and is his flow of life and energy and strength that sets you free. My grace is sufficient for you. Why? Why? Because, he says, power is made manifest. It's revealed in weakness. So Paul says, man, I'm rejoicing. I'm rejoicing in my weakness. Because when I'm weak, the power of Christ can dwell in me. And then he goes to verses that I use every day. Every day. I'm well content with my weaknesses. Can you say that? I'm well content with my weaknesses because Jesus wants to meet me in my weaknesses. See, when I just want to know about it, we need a little revelation over it. I'm well content with my weaknesses. And these verses I've used so many times. I'm well content with insults. Really? Yeah. I'm well content with insults. Why? Because it it helps me. To humble myself and to appreciate and to learn that humility is the greatest freedom of all. <laughs> Jesus humbled himself becoming a man. And that is the very illustration of, of freedom. So I'm well content with stress. Really? really? See, you'll hear this in the church a lot. How are you doing? I'm a, I'm so stressed out. Why? And you'll hear a lot of real true issues and pro- very real life problems. But where's Jesus in the picture? Can he come into my stress? Does he want to come into my stress? Does he want me to experience his peace and rest until he gives me wisdom to know what to do? Yes, he... He does. And the the English will say distress, but it means stress. Fortunately, I don't get too much persecution. Had a little taste here and there of a lifetime, but um, then it says, I'm well content with difficulties. Yeah. If you're well content with feeling these things, you can tap into into the life of Jesus, Christ in me, Christ in me. Living in me, my grace is sufficient. I'm well content to be needy and have to rely on Christ in me. Oh, such freedom. So when you see yourself, find yourself in a situation, you're in a space that's not not good. What are you going to do? You're going to stop. You're going to invite Christ into it. Sometimes I put my hand over my heart and say, Christ is living in me. And I'm in you. And Lord, here's here's my frustration. Here's my anger. Here's my resentment. Come right now. Come, I receive you, your life, your flow. I've been crucified with you, Lord. And I quote those verses. Um, I teach a lot of the guys that I Mentor, I ask him questions like, "What verses are swimming in your bloodstream?" <laughs> Meaning by that, if I'm going to live in freedom, I've got to be living into His words, not just something I know exists and and say it that's true, but to bring it to bring it in. And so that's why Jesus says, "If." If you abide in my words, he says, then you're truly my disciples. You're truly my learners. And he says, and my words will set you free. And so these are many verses that kind of go through my heart and mind, regardless of what I'm doing in life, they'll just come across my screen. And and I've been doing this a lot longer than most of you And it's a journey. We are learning. So if you begin to see a problem and begin to invite Jesus into it, and it used to take you a week to see that or bring him into it, or maybe you had a meltdown, anger, temper tantrum, and it took you two days to get over it, and and now you see it in an hour. And now you see it in five minutes. So that's part of the journey. You're moving more and more into freedom. For for freedom, Christ has set us free. Just keep standing in that freedom. That's the journey. And that's why he's your shepherd leading you into it. So this is a way of life. It's taken me a long time to learn these very simple things. I mean, I believed all this 40 years ago, <laughs> but it's a lot more experience now. It's not, it's a lot more everyday freedom and liberty. And I've learned something that I should have learned long ago. A- and we all know it. It all comes down to Love. <laughs> The greatest commandments: to love Father with everything in me. But there's a commandment that goes with that, which is to love people regardless of how they behave. Now, you know, we don't have to approve of how they behave. But we can care deeply about them and let God give us love. And that is our freedom. Another aspect of his freedom that is more and more real to me is that the will of God is my good. And Jesus taught us that in the Lord's Prayer. Father, your will on earth, the way your will is in heaven. Why? In heaven, everything's about love and everything's about the the, the will of God. (laughs) Ultimate freedom. That's the freedom. Freedom that he wants you and me to live in. So for Nan and myself, our first priority every day, um, I've already had coffee, but pretty far up on the list is time with Father, my wife and I together. Um, I confess my sins to her, to God, in her presence every day, and we experience being loved afresh, refreshed in our inner spirit, man. We journal, we share. Because if you're going to live in freedom, I've got to be soaking up his love, his love for me. I can't love others if I'm not receiving it. And so the first chapter in my new book is called Letting God Father You. Letting God Father You. He is, after all, the ultimate Father. He wants very much to spend time with you, nurturing you, loving on you, showing you things, walking with you. This is the freedom that he gives. And so my prayer for you this morning is that you'll feel the Father's heart just drawing you in, just saying, I'll teach you. You don't have to be smart. Honestly, you don't have to be good. You just have to be teachable because he's the greatest teacher, and he loves you, loves you, loves you.